have we got time? Do you mind if I go through to about quarter? If we go through to about quarter to ten. Anyway, it's not all going to be talk, by the way. It's not all going to be talk. So, I'm not going to talk on freedom, glory, and responsibility. Well, today, I'm, let's go on to the next bit. Um, which is, I mean, it is part of the talk, but I'm not going to cover that whole talk. Um, I want to talk about something, this uh, thing that um, Elaine brought up about this intimacy thing. I want to talk a bit about um, identity and intimacy and then um, um, help you encounter God. So Galatians 4, verse 4 and 5 says, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Now, when it says in that passage that we might receive the um, adoption to sonship, some versions, um, which I actually prefer, say, um, receive the full rights of sons. So here it's talking about sons. So is this, you know, only for the ladies or, or what is it? And um, if you go on to Galatians 3, 26 to 29. Again, it says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptised into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave or free, male or female, you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's offspring and heirs according to the promise. So this is saying we're all sons. Now I would normally think of myself as a daughter of the king and I'll go back to that. But this is a time when I'm very happy to think of myself as a son. You guys have to get your head around being the bride of Christ. You know, I think some of you struggle with that. (laughs) But here it's saying, um, so it's saying that um, the reason in both these passages that it's saying that you are sons of God is because it's about an inheritance and, um, and it says your heirs. And then it goes in, in this passage in Galatians 3. It lists some pairs of, in a way, in those days, the haves and the have-nots. Or the powerful and the not-powerful. So it lists that there is neither Jew nor Greek. Now the Jews thought they were the haves. You know, we've got the promises of God. We've got the relationship with God. We're the chosen people of God. And they thought, you know, that the Gentiles you know, weren't in the promises of God. Originally, you know, obviously, as the church got going, this, this revelation increased. Um, so it says that there's neither um, free, which one comes first? Yeah, it says that you are neither slave nor free. Obviously, the, the um, free person was the one with rights and the one with the rights of inheritance and the slaves didn't have the rights of inheritance. And then it says um, you are neither male or female. And in those times, in most cultures, women didn't have the rights of inheritance. So when it's saying, you know, and here, I mean, we could add some extra pairings, couldn't we? You know, we could, um, you could say, you know, so who gets the inheritance? You know, it's not, uh, you know, there's neither leaders and non-leaders. Because sometimes we'll say, oh, if only, you you know, it's only people like that. 
that 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 get this stuff. Or you could say, you know, or um, there are neither, you know, the wacky ones who fall about all the floor over the floor, and the ones who don't. Right? You all get the inheritance. You all get the inheritance. So what is this? Or the full rights of sons. So, and then it says. God sends the spirit of his son called Abba, Father. We are all, uh, you know, and we're not just heirs by adoption. I love it in, um, in the beginning of John's Gospel, doesn't it? It says that we're born again, not of a, a father's, not of a, 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 a husband's will, but of God. We are actually born, you know, we're not only adopted, we're actually born again. Uh, we're new creations in uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 if, if anyone is in Christ you are a new creation so, so if you think about it you know, we're sons or daughters of, if you're sons and daughters of the king what does that make you? heirs princesses and princes who actually, actually in, in, it's even in um, Romans 8, it says we're co-heirs with Christ. I think we're co-kings and queens. I actually think we're co-kings and queens. You know, um, I think the, um, the, the whole thing of the Narnia story, I think there's something really powerful when you, you, you sort of see these co-kings and queens. Um, you know, we, we are royalty. You are sons and daughters of the king. This is who you are. And, uh, and it says, we have the spirit of one who calls out, Abba, Father. Actually, let's just let's do another slide. I've got a zapper. So, you know, what is our inheritance? Now, usually I'd go through three points. I think I'm just going to stick on the first one. Um, so, next slide. You know, Pete and I, when Pete and I, we love encouraging people. You can see the team love encouraging each other. It's part. It's a huge value of, of ours. Is cheering one another on. That, that's part um, part of the culture of honour. Is recognising what's you know of God on somebody and just cheering that on and all the differences and all the differences that looks like. Um, but you know, even probably more than Pete. The people who have had more words of love and affirmation um, from Pete and I are our children. And, uh, and this thing of Abba, Father, you know, it really is the daddy or the dad. You know, I, I stopped, I find it difficult to sort of call God daddy because I stopped calling my dad daddy when I was probably, you know, in my, before I was in my teens. Um, you know, but... Um, we were in um, Egypt on holiday, and much to our surprise, on the middle week of our two-week holiday, there was a religious festival in Israel. And apparently, if you're a non, you know, there's lots of non-religious Jews, and if you're a non-religious Jew in Israel, you leave the country on the on the religious holidays because you know everything sort of grinds to a halt. So suddenly, this resort was flooded with Israeli families, and we just heard this word "Abba, Abba, Abba" all over the resort. Uh, resort, and. Uh, one of them, you know, they, they would uh, try new things. 
uh, you know, new exploits in the swimming pool and you'd, you know, have a group of children and, the, you know, one can dive and they're trying to teach the other ones to drive and, uh, you know, and they're all going in the pool and, you know, there's parents watching on and, and what have you. And, uh, and after a while, they would go and get Dad and they'd say, Abba, Abba, come and look what I can do. And the child would stand there on the side of the pool and they would topple into the pool and do the most amazing belly flop ever. What was Dad's reaction? He didn't stand there with, you know, the card up, you know, one out of ten for that one. Dad's going, yay, well done, come on, let's go, you know, come up and do it again kind of thing, cheering them on. So often we can think that God is like that one where, you know, sort of you might, you know, you might step out and bring a word of prophecy to somebody and you, you walk away and you're thinking, oh my goodness, I should have said this or, oh, did, what did they think? Oh, you know, and you're thinking God's giving you a two out of ten. Or God is not like that. He's looking at you and he's saying, well done. You stepped out of your comfort zone. You believe I can speak to you. You care for that person enough that you went to them. He's not giving you, you know, so it's, you know, it's not like the Olympics or, or, you know, whatever, the gymnastics or the figure skating where you get style and, and content, you know, and all the rest of it. He's looking at your heart and he's cheering you on. You know, this is what, this is what um, a father's heart is. And, you know, if you, if, you're in a, if you think about servants, if you've got a servant mentality, what, you, or what servants, go when they go to the master... What are they expecting to hear? Orders. The next instruction. You know, what do I do next? What do I do next? What do I do next? And, and I think quite often, you know, people say, oh, I need to hear from God. And really what they want is, God, what do I do next? God, what do I mean? God does love to help, you know, help us along the way. But, um, but it's not, that shouldn't be the only time we, want, we hear from God. And when I was a young Christian, I think, all my life, actually, I had the privilege of having a wonderful dad. Um, he um, he was actually in, he was actually a, an officer in the army. I said we lived in Blandford Camp for a while. He was the most un-army officer-like person you could ever meet. He was five foot five, somewhat rotund, and um, he was so proud of his three girls, which was me, my sister, and my mum. And, uh, and he was high on words of affirmation and love. And actually, when I look back at it, I think, oh, wow. And he brought the, you know, these little, little gifts for me. I thought, he actually chose those. I said, Mum, Dad chose these, didn't he? Not you. You know, these little enameled boxes, beautiful works of art. And she said, oh, no, Dad bought those up in London. So I had a very, uh, you know, he wasn't a perfect dad. The life that he chose to lead had huge effects on us as a family. I moved 14 times in 14 years, went to six primary schools. Um, you know, so, so, you know, there were, but actually it's interesting. This is a testimony to you. Home was where my parents were. Home was where my parents were. And uh, some people say, oh, you had the most unstable childhood. I had two parents who loved each other passionately. Um, my dad unfortunately died when I was 18. Um, and uh, they were absolute sweethearts until, you know, the day my dad died. Um, but yeah, I, I just count it a privilege. So in some ways, you know, I had that privilege. Some of you haven't. You know, some of you have had 
parents who haven't spoken words of love and affirmation. But don't model what God, you know, don't model God on your father. Or you may not even have a father experience. You know, we have young, young people in our church who have no idea. They have never, ever met their father. Um, but God is the, you know, it's not that God is, is you know, like something of our, hev- of our earthly father, but maybe a bit better. He is the complete model. He is the father heart. He has this father heart of God. And he loves to, to give words of affirmation. So my, my relating to God was really first through um, Heavenly Father. And I think years ago, I used to um, um, have my quiet times. Um, with Pete was working 84 hours a week in hospital, um, contracted to be in the hospital 84 hours a week um, as a junior doctor. And every third night and every third weekend, he would be away. And I had a child who didn't really believe in the sleep. You know, quiet times in the morning went completely by the board. You know, I could not wake up earlier than this child um, who had kept me up most of the night anyway. But every sort of once or twice a week, I could manage to have a cup of coffee with God. And I'd sit and I'd read my Bible. And God would say things to me. And I'd think, Kim, you're too proud. You know, oh, no, I must be more humble than that. You know, oh, I'm thinking too much of myself. I wouldn't believe that it was Holy Spirit. And it took probably 25 years later, you know, people saying, no, this is a true experience of what it's like to be a child of God. Um, So your identity. When you hear from God, try and put off that thing of I'm a servant. I'm own. You know, don't come with that I'm only a. I'm only a. You know, you're a son you know, you're a daughter, you're precious, you know, he died for you, um, you, know, so, you know, he thinks, wow, look at that one, look at that one. So, it wasn't until I went to Bethel that I almost began to get some um, legitimacy, if you see what I mean, on this. And um, uh, a lady called Judy Franklin was, um, or still is, um, B- Bill's PA and has been um, with Bill for many, many years. And we had the privilege of getting to know her, and she talks about people uh, taking people to heaven. I'm not sure that that's the most helpful phrase, but I would say having encounters with God. And, uh, and so she said one day, would you like to come round? Oh, no, we said, Judy, can we come round to your house and can you, you know, can you share with us and take us to heaven? You know, we're, we're in Bethel, we're up for anything. Let's have a go kind of thing. But actually, I'll backtrack before this. So often, it, now, is it going to heaven? Is it in your imagination? Is this in your spirit? I don't know. All right? I, you know, I can move my arm. I can breathe without knowing the physiology and, you know, exactly what's happening, you know, in, in, in everything that I do. But you have a sanctified imagination. When it says that you are a new creation, God has actually made you new. You have, in, at the end of um, 1 Corinthians 2.16, it says but we have the mind of Christ. Listen to some of these verses. 
Uh, John 17, 3. This is the famous verse. Now this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God. We are meant to know and experience God. Ephesians 1.17, I keep, well, and 18, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. This isn't just about giving you the spirit of revelation so that you can bring words of knowledge to people, which is great, and see people healed, which is great, you know, or... It isn't so you can have revelation so that you sound great, you know, if you're, if you're talking about it. This is so that we actually know God. And it says in Ephesians 1.18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. This is something to do with, you know, is it, does, do, does, God in, does the Spirit interact with our mind, our heart? What is our heart? You know, it's not this muscle that's pumping in here. Um, so, you know, this is about an enlightening process. Um, 1 Corinthians 2.12, it says, we have not received the spirit of the world, but, if you miss out that, that sort of bit in parenthesis, it says, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand freely what God has given us. We have received the spirit who is from God, that we may understand that God has freely given you. And um, in... Um, Oh, John 16, verse 24. He will bring me glory by taking what is mine and making it known to you. Jesus talking of the Holy Spirit. And again in Ezekiel 36, where it talks about, I will give you, let me just, I've got that bit here. I will, get, um, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from, your, from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and careful to keep my laws. This isn't, so this is our natural bias. I don't know if any of you have ever played bowls, you know, with the old, not, bowl, not ten pin bowling, but bowls with the balls with the bias in it, you know, and they, they go on a curve. So often as Christians, we think our curve is towards sin. That's not what God's word says. Our curve is to do what's right. We are new creations. And it says here that the spirit moves us to follow God's decrees. This is, so now this is living in the new life of the spirit, that the spirit is, this isn't like a list of laws. God's laws are actually God's heart for what is best for people. And, 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 they're, and they're about relating to him. So now, naturally, by the Spirit, we move towards what God um, does. And so often, our faith in the devil to deceive us is greater than our faith in the Holy Spirit to bring us into all truth. You have a renewed imagination. So you may think that this is happening in your imagination. The Holy Spirit, you know, do you really think that when God, I, God must have an imagination. We're made in his image, he must have one. I can't imagine that God, you know, went through the creation process by randomly saying trees and having no thought, no picture in his brain. Do you know what I mean? God must have, the, it's part of, of, of this. So, you know, we are, it's, it's part of God, that, it's part of us that God can use the Holy Spirit, you know, is he speaking to your mind? Or you, where, you know, what is, where is your imagination? You know, 
it's one of the ways that God can speak to you. It, you, you know, it may be a spirit-to-spirit thing. Maybe a spirit-to-spirit thing. Um, you know, I, so there's, you know, but God wants to speak, and we have a natural bias to hear from Him. It is our birthright. You know, prophecy. Um, you know, we're well, hearing from God. Right, hearing from God isn't isn't the gift of prophecy. It's actually your birthright. Children hear from their parents. It's what they do. You know, hopefully the first thing, you know, isn't it, that, that children hear is, you know, some you know, mum say, oh, you're so wonderful. Yeah, you're so lovely. And, you know, I look at my grandchildren. Actually, I'm worried my grandchildren. Like, oh, I love you so much. I could eat you. And they're looking at me. No. <laughs> but, you know, the things that children hear, um, and, and it's your birthright to hear from God. So anyway, we went to Judy Franklin, and uh, she she said, okay. And she, she told us some stories, and, and uh, so she said, but this is a way that I do it. Now, this is not the only way. I think sort of accessing God, if you think of, of, of God's presence and, and being close to God like a park, and there's different gates into a park, this is one gate, Okay of getting into a park. You may just have amazing experiences with God in worship or, you know, somewhere in your bedroom or wherever it may be. Those are other gates. You know, this is just a way into God's presence. So, so Judy said, okay, you know, close your eyes. Actually, I wonder, have we got any soaking music around at all? Yeah, for later. Um, close your eyes and... Um, and um, see Jesus in front of you so I did this and much to my surprise I could and and he was sort of dressed in quite normal casual you know shorts and t-shirts and 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 she said if Jesus is a distance from you either go up to him or come up or ask him to come up to you so Jesus walked up to me and I'm thinking, okay, now what? And he, she said, Jesus is either going to say something or do something. And with this, Jesus picked me up and put me in a um, um, piggyback on his back. And I wasn't as a child, I was as me, you know. So I'm thinking, well, that wasn't what I expected. And, and she said, and Jesus is now going to take you somewhere. And with this, Jesus splashed through a, a sort of na- a shallow um, brook, really, and uh, with me on his back, and into the most beautiful countryside, you know, sort of Narnia come Lord of the Rings type countryside, most beautiful countryside. And there was like these alpine meadows surrounded by these towering, beautiful um, mountains. And I am a person that absolutely loves the outdoors. So, and, and you know, show me a mountain, and I want to be up it. And um, and I'm thinking, okay, well, why am I on Jesus's back? And as I as I sort of thought this, God, could, Jesus could hear my thoughts, and He said, because if I put you down, you'd run off and do your own thing. And I thought. There, with that, I became aware that Jesus was the most beautiful thing in the landscape, and I didn't want to run off and do my own thing. I'm such a, you know, love the I thought, oh, right, okay. And it sort of shifted, and Jesus and I were sitting on a blanket, a you know, picnic blanket, and we were just chatting, and I can't say what, it, you know, there's no great words of truth here, 
but he was just asking me about my day and I was just chatting and we were just chatting backwards and forwards and uh, then he said do you want to do something fun I said yes please and uh, and you know we Pete and I we 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 love doing sort of fun and we've done white water rafting and and um, canyoning and various other things and with this Jesus and I were at the top of one of these mountain rivers and all I can say is that it was a bit like trying to think of like barefoot um, uh, water skiing except we weren't being towed you know so we were zooming we were on the water but sort of going down this mountain stream and you know going around the boulders and there was no fear there was no fear. It was just really exhilarating. Go round and round this, down this mountain stream. And then we got to the bottom and we plopped off a sort of like 20 foot into a, um, a pool. And the waterfall came here and then the pool. And the edge of the pool went back up almost to the top of the water, you know, to where the waterfall top was. And as we got in the pool, it was like the presence of God, the presence of Jesus went through the water and filled me. Oh, it's just amazing. Uh, so I think, oh, right. But I got out of the pool and it felt different, but it wasn't like I suddenly thought, oh, I've done the wrong thing. You know, it wasn't like, oh, whoops. You know. But you know how sometimes if you do something, if you're enjoying something and, and you stop doing it and then you start it again, it's almost like more enjoyable rather than, you know, it's almost like tasting something or whatever. You've just had the whole taste all the time, whereas if you, you know, take small bites. So anyway, and I got up and I, I went round to the top of the, where you could, Go to where the waterfall was coming over, and I jumped back in the pool, and I did this several times, and that was the end of the encounter. So my brain, my analytical brain, thinking, well, what's all that about then? You know, what's the what's the deep prophetic meaning on that one? I just in that that was God's way of showing me love and intimacy. And just a new revelation of who Jesus was. I've had lots of different encounters in very different circumstances in a similar way, you know. And Jesus hasn't always been in the form of human um, or, or different things. And I don't want to say too many because I don't want to necessarily um, lead your imagination. Um, but God, you know, what God says to you is so important or, or the experiences that you have with God are so, so important um, on just building intimacy and who you are, that you are a child of the King. And uh, we've done, done this with, you know, several, uh, well, lots of group, uh, groups of people. You know, sometimes people, when they say, you know, say Jesus is going to take you somewhere, you know, people have gone to greenhouses, tool sheds, kitchens, uh, you know, coffee shops, you name it. You know, they've been there kind of thing. Um, so, I mean, I'll just do a quick one. So, Pete, on his one, um, Jesus came with two horses, uh, and and uh, anyway, and it, a long and short of it is that um, that they Pete and Jesus went galloping off on these horses, and then went on through the universe, you know, sort of through stars and everything. So interesting. Pete loves every sport. He is interested. He you know he is interested in any sport except horse sport. He does. He's not interested in in um, in show jumping, and he's not interested in in horse racing. So anyway, he has this encounter with Jesus and you're thinking, okay, so what's the validity of these, these things? Anyway, a few weeks later, we were in one of these um, 
uh, things that their intercessors used to do where it's, I don't know if any of you have been to our conferences where we do an encounter room and, and people, you know, it's all beautifully themed and, and um, you know, people, you maybe wash your feet and they prophesy or they, they wash your hands and, or, you know, and, and prophesy or, or just different things. So this lady is washing Pete's hands and she's just sort of prophesying over him and it's just, it's really sweet, it's lovely, it's nice, you know. And out of the blue... She just says to Pete, and Jesus has got a horse just for you. And he's just had that experience too. And you think, okay, God. You know, this is, this was, you know, it's, it's, this is something, you know, and Pete just says, he loved it. He had the choice, you know, all different things. It, it, you, can't, you can't necessarily put, um, um, I mean, some of them you can really clearly say, oh, I can see the biblical truth. You know, God has brought me some real biblical truth on this one. Other ones, they're just fun encounters. What father doesn't want to have fun with his children? What father doesn't want to have fun and let him know, let them know him more? So, we're going to do this. Um, there is no room for you to spread out, is there? You are absolutely jammed in here. <laughs> um, however, I have done this with kids on a Bible week in France, and they were sitting cross-legged on a cold marble floor. So I'm certain you know, God can speak to you guys in your fairly cramped seats. Um, have we got any kind of soaking music that we could have? Um, so... Just come before God. Whoa. Close your eyes. Just let Holy Spirit come and bring peace to you. He's the one who leads you into all truth. Whoa. He's the one who can enlighten the eyes of your heart. And I want you to just picture Jesus in front of you. Now, I don't want others of you looking around. This is just something for me to just gauge. So if you, if you can see your picture Jesus in front of you just want to just raise your hand it's a good number of you okay if you're not actually if you're not seeing Jesus in front of you just try and imagine imagine Jesus in front of you and if he's and if you aren't seeing, don't, I don't want you to worry and start you know, thinking, oh no, this isn't going to work for me, because your way may be more hearing. You may be more of a hearer than a seer. So if Jesus is any distance from you, I want you to either approach Jesus or let Jesus approach you. And Jesus is either going to say something to you or do something or maybe the both. 
And now Jesus is going to to take you somewhere. And if you're not visualizing, if you're not visual, if you're not visualizing, what is Jesus saying to me? I'm just going to leave you in the presence of Jesus on your your time of intimacy with him. This may be evolving. He may take you several places. This may be an unfolding time with him. Just let Holy Spirit lead you. Not the same draw it flows, we can leave the music going because people can share over that. But is there someone who'd like to share what God has, what you know, where God has taken them, what, what their experience with God is? A number of you. Oh, come up the front. Somebody else, come on, come on, so we're ready for somebody else to come. Good evening, my name's Alan. Before I say anything, let's pray beforehand. Dear Father God, Lord God Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, Lord of hosts, Lord Yahweh, just ask you please bless and lead and guide my conversation, my thinking, and please help me just to share things tonight that bless and encourage my brothers and sisters here. Bring glory and praise unto you, Lord God, and glory and praise unto Jesus Christ, my Lord, Saviour and King. Amen. My name is Alan, I'm an evangelist. Um, I've been preaching the gospel 25, no, 24 years um, this year. I've been involved in street evangelism 25 years this August. 
Oh, I've been suffering a lot of deep down hurt. Um, my dad passed away recently. Uh, he wasn't a believer, but praise the Lord, I believe that he was saved before he passed away. Um, it was difficult to my faith with him because um, he was very hard-hearted, but he was saved. Tonight, I think he's been heeding me, ministering unto me, you know. No, just him ministering unto me. Just, just, I think, heeding a bit of deep down hurt. But my heart is to bless and encourage the church and to reach the lost. God bless you. Thank you. This lady here. Um, I was just having fun with Jesus, and we were, first of all, we were sitting on it. Um, he was sitting down and asked me to join him, and then uh, he, he said, "Come with me." And we we sat on a, a bench, and he, um, I, I I was sitting on his lap, and my head was on his chest, and he was filling me with his love and peace, and. And then he said, come with me. And then we went. It was just like the snowman, you know, flying in the sky. (laughs) And there was loads of stars and everything. And he says, we'll just have fun. So we were just having fun. And then then the picture changed again. And uh, we, we were in a garden and... He made a, a wreath of flowers round my head like that, and he he made himself one, and then we just started picking flowers, all these coloured flowers, and it was just wonderful. I love it. You can see it on people's faces as they're re- as they're they're seeing again this guy here. Right, um, early on. When, again, when we were in pra- praising Father, I saw a cart and I couldn't work out what it was and it was going away from me. When we started just now, just to sit back, relax and look for Jesus, the cart was coming towards me. Only, <laughs> I couldn't work this out. The cart was coming towards me and there was a person on it and I realised it was Jesus but he wasn't he was ordinary he wasn't dressed like a king or anything like he was just almost like a miller that was it he was like a miller and he took me up and I sat with him on the cart and he put his arm round me and I snuggled up to Father and we just went down a road and he asked me, where would you like to go? And I said, with you. And we went, I don't know, where. we went all over the place. We went into the heavens. We came back. We went along roads. We went through valleys. And I suddenly realized, what was pulling the cart? And I said, we haven't got horses. He said, I don't need horses. I am God. And then you butted in. <laughs> 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 
Okay, somebody else. Come on then. I love it. I love it. I just, I mean, is the, I love the way God is so unique. This is the first. We haven't had a cart. I've not had a cart. No. Okay, I saw Jesus dressed in a robe in front of me wearing sandals. And um, he took my hand and we went down to the beach, walking uh, along the beach. And then he took me in a helicopter. <laughs> we had some fun. <laughs> and then we went back down on the beach again and, and uh, we were walking along. And um, he gave me this, bought me a beautiful ice cream and it was like no other ice cream I've ever tasted before and he said taste and see that God is good <laughs> I love that I love that anybody else want to give a quick testimony oh there's a lady over here do you want to come up I don't normally speak anything like this and when you said to close your eyes I was thinking oh but the instant I closed my eyes, he stood before me. And I became a ballerina and a beautiful pink gown. And Jesus was in a tuxedo and he just held his hands. And I danced like a ballerina. And he watched and he smiled. And it took me back to a vision I saw many years ago at a conference and the Lord said come do you want to dance and I was a young Christian then I said yes I want to dance with you and he took me off in the clouds and we danced and when I told other Christians I was kind of like was a little bit pagan a maypole but there was one and it had beautiful ribbons and it was beautiful when we danced, but in this as we danced, and then he took me to another room and projected on the wall. There's something I've not thought about since I was a little girl. And I used to dance to my dad. And my dad used to cheer and laugh, and it went on for hours, and my mother suffered patiently. But Jesus was there. He was there. It was him and my father. Thank you so much. Wow, love it. I love it. I mean, I've certainly, you know, share with each other your encounters. We've had, I mean, last year, we, I did this with you at the, um, the second year um, at evening school. And this lady, I think she, I don't know, I think she slightly misheard me. She said, you said that Jesus would call me by name. And uh, I sort of, she said, but I was... I was adopted and for some reason in the hospital they gave her a boy's name and then they when they adopted her and she was adopted quite young you know like week days weeks old um, they gave her a girl's name she said so which name does Jesus know me? well first of all she came up to me and she said which name does Jesus know me by and I said pardon <laughs> which name does Jesus know me by I said I don't know and she explained her story and I said well look just go with you know go with Jesus and um, this was obviously really troubling her anyway at the end I'd asked for testimonies and she didn't come forward and as we were going out the door you know just about to lock up she came up to me and she said I had an encounter with Jesus and she said Jesus you know I've got more than one name 
you know, and, and this is hot, you know, I don't know what you know me by. You know, she said, I've got more than one name. And he looked at her and grinned and said, so have I. <laughs> and this lady was transformed. She, you know, this, this stigma of having been given a boy's name what, was just lifted off her. And, and you know, and what, you know, because, you know, sometimes there's teaching in, in, some, in some areas of Christianity, your name is really important kind of thing, you know. And, and she was, what, you know, if my name's so important, what, you know, Jesus just looked at her and grinned and so, said, so have I. I love it. You know, so it can be all kinds of different uh, things that happen. So anyway, thank you so much. And um, yeah, so um, have a great weekend.